The Democratic Party has been in civil war for years now, ever since Bernie Sanders had the nomination stolen from him in 2016. And we then saw chaos in the Nevada caucus. People called the police. It's escalated then with media smears against Bernie bros and Bernie Sanders himself. Recently being, being claimed, it's been claimed, that Russia was backing up Bernie Sanders to disrupt the American election. And now the civil war has gone from bad to worse to ugly. Because apparently Democrats have been calling the police on Bernie Sanders supporters. And it's not just that. First, we saw Project Veritas expose the insane rhetoric of the Bernie Sanders campaign, which for some reason no one in the media called out. But many Bernie supporters had to lock down their accounts. We then learned that a Bernie Sanders staffer was disparaging other candidates. He actually got fired. And now, now listen to this. The reporter who exposed the Bernie Sanders supporter is getting harassed and doxxed. Because the Bernie Sanders people are at war with the media, with the Democratic establishment, and it is getting so bad, they're literally calling the police on Bernie Sanders supporters. Recently, Bernie Sanders won the Nevada caucus in a landslide. Good for him. Good for you, Bernie. In response, tons of media personalities wigged out and acted like the sky was falling, for the most part, on MSNBC. It now seems like they're all starting to bend the knee because Bernie Sanders is winning. But let me tell you something. It's getting ugly. I literally have a story pulled up from Politico that says cops repeatedly called on Bernie backers. Their late night bullhorn protests at public officials' homes come as Sanders' opponents are increasingly calling out his supporters' behavior. We all know about the, the Bernie bros smear. And I always think it's fair to point out the journalists and the establishment cronies who are upset someone said mean words to you on the internet, get over it. But we know this fight is ongoing. I'm going to make a prediction. And I've made it before, but I'll, I'll step it up. They're going to steal the nomination from Bernie again, and there will be riots in Milwaukee at the Democratic National Convention. Listen, they're already showing up to politicians' homes and bullhorning at night. The police are being called. What do you think happens when the establishment drops the hammer on the Sanders camp and says, not today, Bernie? Yeah, it's going to get nuts. This civil war in the Democratic Party is going to turn into a literal street conflict. So let's read about what's going on. And I really want to get into this journalist getting doxxed. This is nuts. But we're going to read about the police being called first. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give. But the best thing you can do is share this video. I do not think I'm endearing myself with any Bernie Sanders supporter by do- supporters by doing this video. But hey, we can at least try to get people outside of their echo chamber by, you know, if you share my video, it might help. But also many of you, around 30%, don't actually subscribe. That's the actual number. So if you do like this content, you want to get more, hit the subscribe button, click the little bell icon. YouTube is slowly not recommending my content and they're doing, you know, it's it's shenanigans, uh, shenanigans are afoot to hurt political commentary. So if you do like this content, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell. Let's read the story from Politico about why the police have been called on Bernie supporters. They report the night before the Nevada caucuses, the chairman of the state's Democratic Party called police after several supporters of Bernie Sanders gathered outside his home at 11 p.m. with a bullhorn to issue a warning about the next day's election. Seriously, who thinks that's appropriate? That's insane. But we've heard what Bernie Sanders supporters think in the Project Veritas expose. They were actually saying it's time to re-educate conservatives. What do you think they're going to do with the liberals? They come for you first, dude. Quote, I want assurances that there isn't going to be any shenanigans going on tomorrow. The Democratic Party does not control what happens. Maria Estrada, 
a self-described burner from Los Angeles said into the bullhorn. According to a Facebook live video she streamed to her on, on her personal page, she repeatedly said she didn't want to see a repeat of the 2016 election, which she insinuated was rigged against Sanders. At least three other times in recent days, Estrada led a group of Sanders supporters who gathered late at late at night outside the homes of Democratic Party officials and California lawmakers, including those of Secretary of State Alex Padilla and State Democratic Party Chairman Rusty Hicks. Police were called at least twice. Don't you remember what happened to Tucker Carlson when they showed up to his house protesting, started banging on his door? He said they cracked the door. They claim he's exaggerating. Tucker said his wife was hiding in the closet because these people were banging on the door. They apparently did go up to the door. I don't know exactly what happened. I wasn't there. But who in their right mind shows up to the home of a private individual? Look, I get these are public figures, but when they're at home, back off. The civility is breaking down. This is going to get absolutely bonkers. Mark my words. They say protesting is our right. Whether they called the police or not is irrelevant. Estrada, a longtime progressive activist, told Politico in a Facebook message, Estrada waged a surprisingly competitive primary against California Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon in 2018, losing 54 to 46 percent and is challenging him again in 2020. Estrada is not employed by the Sanders campaign and said none of the fellow protesters were either. Listen, I absolutely respect the idea of public protest, and she is right. She can show up and she can bullhorn. But guess what? My, my prediction is that people are not going to want to vote for you because you are nuts. But here's what's really crazy about this woman showing up in the middle of the night to Democrats' house, houses. She's actually running in the primary. She is trying to get into office. These are the people taking over the Democratic Party. William McCurdy, the Nevada Party chair and a member of the state assembly, confronted Estrada and other Sanders supporters outside his home nearly an hour after they arrived. He told them they had crossed a line. Estrada shot back. If any BS happens tomorrow, the only person who crossed the line is you. McCurdy called the police to report the disturbance, but Estrada and the others were gone by the time the authorities arrived and the matter was closed, according to the North Las Vegas Police Department. McCurdy declined to comment for the story, but a source who is close to McCurdy and familiar with what happened said that he handled the situation with restraint. William didn't want the story out there before or after the caucus because he takes his role very seriously, overseeing a party run election and knows how much this needed to be viewed as a fair profit process for every candidate after 2016. They are in chaos. The dude literally couldn't say these people shut up to my house with bullhorns because he was worried that if then his candidate won or the establishment Democrat won, they would cry foul and say he interfered. He interfered to swing the vote. So there was nothing he can do other than just keep his mouth shut and let these lunatics run rampant. The incident and three others in recent days come at a time when some Democrats and rival campaigns say Sanders supporters are engaged in harassment and bullying, both online and in person. His opponents have increasingly highlighted examples and argue that Sanders has allowed a toxic culture to fester among his fans. He has, period. Grow a spine, Bernie. The conduct could conduct could complicate Sanders' efforts to unite the party as he's established himself as the frontrunner for the nomination. Sanders has said that people who engage in threatening or bullying behavior are not welcome in his movement. His aides and allies have taken offense to the term Bernie bros, calling it a smear of his diverse supporters. You know what? I would have called it a smear even up up until a few months ago. But I think we now can see it's getting bad. It's getting worse. And Bernie is doing nothing to stop it. 
The best example was Project Veritas. James O'Keefe, undercover videos of his supporters talking about gulags, education camps, you know, violent insurrection type things. He should have stood up and said, you're all fired. I will not stand for this. He didn't. The campaign said, shh, don't let anyone know. The only reason they're calling this stuff out, it, right? Actually, they're not even calling it not now, right now. They're not even calling it out. It's Politico reporting on it. So Bernie doesn't care. He knows that he has picked up the insane far left gutter trash of extremism, and he's trying to use it to win. That to me is freaky and gross. If you can't win over the hearts and minds of regular people, don't use the violent lunatics. Sanders campaign condemned the protesters after viewing video footage of the incidents. I spoke too soon, but good on him for this. The conduct is completely unacceptable. Jeff Weaver, Sanders longtime aide and senior advisor said in a statement, no one who behaves like this is part of our movement. People who support this campaign do so by civilly mobilizing other voters to come to the polls. We have zero tolerance for these activities and condemn them in the strongest terms. But that is your base. They said the same thing about Trump and his supporters. And when, his tr- when, it, when Trump supporters got out of line, which is not a common occurrence, you call them out. It is a common occurrence for the far left lunatics to go out and do this kind of stuff. They should they showed up to Tucker's house. Trump supporters didn't show up to Rachel Maddow's house banging on her door. In a Facebook message, Estrada defended her approach. We want justice and we want accountability. And if I have to go to Dean Logan's home, Rusty Hicks home, or anyone else who claims they represent my community, when in actuality they don't, they should expect that the people will demand answers. What, at 9 p.m. with a bullhorn? That is not a reasonable approach to accountability. That's fear and intimidation. At around 9 p.m., the night after the incident, Estrada and several other Sanders supporters went to the L.A. home of California Secretary of State Alex Padilla. Padilla's office oversees California elections, including the Democratic primary on Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Padilla, we don't want a repeat of 2016. Remember 2016 when you preemptively endorsed corporate candidates who were funding you and your close allies? An unidentified man said into a bullhorn outside Padilla's home, we want an actual fair election. I don't believe you do. You're showing up to people's homes and screaming at them. But, I'm not, but I think you get the point. I don't want to read through this because they basically say the ex- exact same thing over and over again. These people kept going to other people's homes and screaming into people's, you know, and the cops have been called several times. I want to show you that they have taken some action against this, but this problem inside Bernie's campaign is severe. But I want to make sure the focus is clear. I am not super concerned about accusations being levied against Bernie Sanders' campaign because smears are probable. I certainly think the protesters showing up, people's ho- showing up at people's homes late at night is, is pure lunacy. But I do know the establishment has been smearing Bernie. I wish the Bernie supporters would have spoken up a long time ago. What we're really see- seeing here and what I really want to drive home is that the chaos and civil war within the party is going to result in the entire party being burned to the ground and they know it. Take a look at this story, and then I'll jump ahead. Bernie staffer mocked Warren's looks and Pete's sexuality on his private Twitter account. Well, apparently this guy was, I believe this guy was fired. They say during the, uh, the most recent presidential primary in Vegas, Bernie Sanders suggested that critiques of some of his most antagonistic online supporters are largely unfounded and unfair, proposing that some of the worst might actually be Russians. They go on to talk about this individual, what he was doing, and it absolutely was this Bernie bro guy, as they've explained. Well, they say the Sanders campaign confirmed Mora, the Sanders campaign has confirmed, has been fired. So I believe that is the man who, who, who did it. He's been let go. But yeah, Ben Mora was his name. But take a look at this story from the New York Times. Democratic leaders 
willing to risk party damage to stop Bernie Sanders. Interviews with dozens of Democratic Party officials, including 93 superdelegates, found overwhelming opposition to handing Mr. Sanders the nomination if he fell short of majority of delegates. Let me just stress that for you. The Democratic leaders know full well that they're in trouble, their party is being hurt, but they are willing to sacrifice their party to stop Bernie. He's the front runner. Now, he's underwater in Florida because of his insane comments about Cuba, but, that, but he's, he's very likely going to win. I mean, he's, he's the front runner. The predict, uh, prediction models right now say it's likely going to a contested convention. But the Democrats, superdelegates included, will absolutely burn it to the ground to stop Bernie. I don't think the Democratic Party can recover from a, another election they've stolen. In 2016, they stole the nomination from Bernie. This resulted in chaos, and they're going to try it again. They're desperate. I can understand why. After that story we just saw about what Bernie's people are doing at their homes, what they know, they they know what will happen if they lose control. Trump's going to win. I don't think any of their establishment candidates can actually beat Trump because Trump is something else they've never seen before. I don't think Bernie can do it either. But I do think a Bernie ticket will hurt them in House elections, meaning the Republicans are going to easily sweep if Bernie's on the ticket. The best thing the Democrats can do is try and stop Bernie. And that's the fight. They're literally calling the police on these people. But now we can see just how insane things are really getting. A Daily Beast reporter was doxxed after publishing a story about Bernie Sanders campaign staffers harassing tweets. I get it, man. You want to call it a, a, a Bernie bros smear? You're free to do so. But come on, man. Showing up to people's houses, doxing them, After Scott Bigsby, a national reporter of the Daily Beast, published an article exposing a staffer on Bernie Sanders' campaign for using degrading language about other candidates on a private Twitter account, Bigsby was subjected to online harassment himself. A regional field director in Michigan, Ben Mora, tweeted a bunch of things. We know this guy. They say he was soon fired after Bigsby's story was published uh, on Monday, according to the campaign communications director, Mike Koska, who told the Beast, we are running multiracial, a multiracial, multigenerational campaign of justice we are dis- where disgusting behavior and ugly personal attacks by our staff will not be tolerated. Not true. Let me just say Project Veritas, but let's read on. Some prominent Sanders supporters spoke out to defend the campaign's decision to fire Mora. But now we can see this. Scott Bigsby tweeted, fans of Bernie Sanders are now crafting fake tweets from me in hopes of drawing the ire of a South Korean boy band that I've never heard of. He then said, this is super fun. Scott Bigsby should literally be catapulted off the planet, one Twitter user wrote. Another argued, that it, another argued that the Daily Beast is in the tank for the establishment Democrats and therefore fundamentally biased against Sanders and others on the left. Uh, and others on the, others on the left. Others accused Bigsby of being personally biased against Sanders and his policies. I think he is. I think the Daily Beast is in the bag for the Democratic establishment. But what are you going to do? The fight is on. And this is nasty. And I'm glad to say I'm not party to it. I'm sitting back watching saying you guys eat each other. okay? but here's what I think is really funny. Nancy Pelosi says she's she'd be comfortable with Sanders on the top of the ticket. Well, here's the thing. Bernie Sanders supporters are many of them are fine people. You know, some of them are good people. But, you know, to, to quote Trump, there are a lot of crazies doing a lot of crazy things. They're being called out. And they are the reason why this fight is getting so ugly. They're showing up to homes. They're screaming. And Pelosi is just saying what she needs to say so that in the end, it looks like everything is stable in the Democratic Party, when in reality, they're all in sheer panic. 
While Pelosi and in the story they mentioned Schumer are saying, look, we're united, we're fine. That's not the case. The New York Times shows it. They are freaking out. This is Nancy Pelosi. I love this meme. This is fine. That's right. It's all coming down around you. Your house is burning to the ground. Your own party leaders and superdelegates are saying just as much. And you literally have Democratic Party members calling the cops on Sanders supporters. Michael Bloomberg, apparently, there, there is, is pay, accused of paying people to cheer for him at election debate. Cheers for candidate considered suspiciously loud given his performance. And people were booing Bernie when he was criticizing billionaires. That's the accusation. I'm not going to say it's true. I'm going to say this. The Democrats have sold their soul to billionaire Michael Bloomberg in a desperate bid to stop Bernie Sanders. The party is being burnt to the ground. There's, fi- there's going to be fighting in the streets, I swear, in D- at the DNC. Last DNC in 2016, there were massive protests, people trying to break into the, into the convention. What do you think is going to happen now when many of those protesters are now delegates for Bernie and they're going to be in the convention? I'm going to say it. I would not be surprised if at the DNC convention, uproar, chaos, papers flying through the air, maybe a punch or two goes flying. I'm not kidding. Some of these people are nuts. They're showing up to people's homes. They're getting violent in the streets, Antifa, etc. We know what they're going to do. They've talked about it in campaign videos. What do you think happens at this big convention? When they say, sorry, Bernie, you got 1,990 delegates. You were one away from winning. We're going to put it to the superdelegates. And they all come in and say, Mike Bloomberg, what do you think the Bernie supporters are going to do? We see how they behave now with bullhorns. What do you think they're going to do in that moment surrounded with these two, these two groups in full-on civil war? The protests in Milwaukee will be historic. There will be riots, smashed windows. And I certainly hope all of you who live in Milwaukee or on a business there, board up your windows before the DNC gets in there. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I mean that seriously. They were protesting. I think, I can't remember where the DNC was in 2016, but yeah, it was crazy. And I was out there as people were trying to jump the fences. RNC, nothing. Because people are unified around Trump. Bloomberg is buying his way in. But there may be something changing. We all saw that Chris Hayes, or not, I'm sorry, not Chris Hayes. Who, who, who is the guy? It's uh, uh, Chris Matthews, sorry. Chris Matthews had to issue an apology to the Sanders campaign and congratulate him after he freaked out over the Nevada win. We now see that MSNBC benches contributor who smeared Bernie Sanders staffers. I'll tell you what, it looks like the establishment is on the verge of collapse. The Democratic leaders like Pelosi and Schumer on the, on the verge of, of retirement. They're just too old. Bernie Sanders and his insurgent campaign are slowly taking over for better or for worse. And he's now the front runner. MSNBC, knowing who butters their bread, said, look, man, if Bernie's number one, we better not badmouth him because our audience is getting upset. So now MSNBC has benched uh, uh, one contributor, forced Chris Matthews to apologize. And now this MSNBC urged to fire Chris Matthews for refusal to believe women. The reason this story is interesting, and I'll do a, I'll do a longer segment on it, uh, probably for 6 p.m., but they were calling on Matthews to be fired from MSNBC for daring to oppose Bernie. The establishment is losing the civil war, and they're, they're on the way out. Now, I don't know exactly what happened, but I will end with this. Poll, Biden retakes lead in Florida. It's possible Though they're losing in some, in some areas, they may pull ahead in others. Bernie Sanders made a bunch of insane comments that hurt him severely in Florida and South Carolina, where he justified three times defending Cuban 
air quote, literacy programs. I say air quote because they were like re-education authoritarian programs, if you know what I mean. Bernie defended it, and he's hurting in the polls because of it. Some prediction models and some forecasters are saying if Biden does well in Florida and South Carolina, then he's going to easily, you know, jump up in the delegate count with Super Tuesday around the corner. We'll see what happens. I, I, I think South Carolina is before Super Tuesday, then Super Tuesday. But don't count Biden out yet. That's what they're saying. Me personally, I've counted Biden out a long time ago. The real reason I'm showing this is not to claim that Biden is going to win. It's that Bernie is being hurt by comments he made. I think it's fair to say that Bernie represents urban elites, snooty, you know, educated college, you know, liberals and progressives. I shouldn't say liberals, but progressives and far leftists who believe in using violence to get what they want. They believe in using intimidation tactics to get what they want. Instead of playing the game the same as everyone else, they say, we'll just show up to your house and we'll bullhorn and harass you into bending the knee. You know what I'm going to say? I think they'll win. I do. Because as I've said before, no one is concerned about, you know, liberalists, like free speech advocates showing up to Twitter headquarters with crowbars and Molotovs. So they don't do anything. They ban you. They don't care. What are you going to do about it? But Antifa does show up. So they bend the knee to these people. Bernie, MSNBC has already gotten rid of one contributor. They're already, you know, urging, trying to get Chris Matthews fired. We know how the game is played. They will show up and they will protest you into submission. They will riot until you bend the knee. Trump supporters don't do that. Conservatives don't do that. But the left does and moderates don't. So who is going to win? I'll tell you what, the intimidation is going to work. How many people do you think are, now, are saying themselves in the Democratic Party? I don't want them at my house. Just tell me what to say and leave me alone. I'm willing to bet that's what we get. But I'll wrap it up there. It's uh, another ongoing tale in the saga of the weird internal civil war. Cops repeatedly called on Bernie backers. Well, there you have it. Bernie, Bernie bros, Bernie supporters. I don't know how you're going to excuse this one. I get it. You know, free speech protests. I agree. She is right. These people have a right to show up in bullhorn. However, you could argue that late at night, disorderly conduct, certain things, you know, there's a line. There really, really is. And while I do respect their right to protest, I think there is a civility line and you're going to cross it. They might win because of it. I disagree with it, but it will work. I think it will. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel and I will see you all then. In what may be one of the biggest cases of election interference, Reddit.com is effectively shutting down the largest Trump supporter forum on the internet. And in fact, one of the most influential communities on the internet, period. I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking about a subreddit called The Donald. It's a place where Trump supporters gather, share memes and stories, and they have been feuding with Reddit administration, uh, with the Reddit administrators for a really long time. It was announced the other day, and this has been an ongoing thing, so I'll try and break this down for you. Administrators of Reddit have removed several of the moderators, the people who actually run the subreddit, and are going to be replacing them with administration approved individuals because they're claiming the other people that were removed weren't doing their jobs effectively. This is complete BS. Do not trust any of the Reddit administrators. And let me just stop slow down. I know a lot of people might not be super familiar with how Reddit works, but it is one of the most popular websites in the world. We are now seeing one of the most influential groups, communities on the internet period being shut down through nefarious means. 
They're not outright banning the Donald, but first they did something called quarantine. So imagine, again, I'll try and simplify this. Imagine you just had a Facebook page or a Twitter account or just a high profile platform with hundreds of thousands of followers, but what, what, uh, but a, a site that was reaching 6 million plus visitors, people who are not subscribed. It was getting tons of traffic. They're being sent memes. They're being sent alternative you know, stories, things that might defend the president. When you turn on CNN, Fox, uh, well, not so much Fox News, but sometimes you turn on CNN, ABC, NBC, et cetera, the mainstream media, they're going to present, present you with complete BS, often BS, about Trump and his administration. It's one of the most challenging things with trying to cover news these days. There was a story from The Intercept that I love covering. This is Glenn Greenwald's outlet. He is a progressive leftist. And it was like, it's called like the top 20 blunders of Russiagate. And they have 10 honorable mentions, meaning 30 stories about Trump in the mainstream press that went out and a day later were retracted or corrected. And how many people shared the true information? This happens all the time. So if you're a Trump supporter and you're trying to find, hey, what's really going on? People go to the Donald. Now, of course, the Donald is absolutely biased for the president. So I'm not going to pretend like you're going to get the clearest of pictures. You're going to get the defense of Trump. But I will tell you, if you're going to go read some anti-Trump news, go read some Trump, pro-Trump news, and then go, go you know, watch or read some ambivalent Trump news, and you'll get a healthier picture of what's really going on. The people who have provided the, the, the biggest defense for the president, as well as produced the majority of memes in this, in this political cycle, I'm not, I'm not kidding. This is one of the most influential communities on the internet period has been effectively shut down. When the, when the administrators for Reddit removed the moderators from this forum, it basically means they can't keep up with what's being posted. All of a sudden, you'll get what's called a brigade. Leftists, you know, communist, socialists, anarchists, whatever, Antifa, will then come in and start posting rule-breaking content, and no one can do anything about it, thus justifying the administrators and the CEO to go, well, look at all this rule-breaking content. The funny thing about this, I'm going I'm to blow your mind right now. You know, I'm, I'm going to try and keep this explanation as uh, generalist as possible for those that don't get Reddit. But if I were to tell you that Donald Trump supporters were threatening police officers, what would you think? Now, most of you are probably laughing. Why would the Blue Lives Matter conservative people of all people be threatening police? That's ridiculous. That's what Antifa does. We've literally seen videos. The Reddit administrators put what's called a quarantine on this community because they were accused of threatening police. That has to be the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. I don't, I don't know who's expected to buy it, but it's clearly and obviously an excuse to shut down the largest Donald Trump support forum. I'm going to stop right now and say what I usually say. I don't care if you like the president or not. This is not supposed to be a defense of the president. Calm down. Y'all, y'all people are weird where they're like, here goes Tim defending the president again. I'm talking about social media censorship, and I'm talking about some, a, a, a group of people that are trying to present information counter to the incorrect mainstream media in defense of what they view as correct. If you let this happen, they will come for you. And yes, Reddit has actually gone after some left-wing forums, but surprisingly, not nearly enough and not nearly as influential as the Donald. So here's what's happening. Donald Trump, uh, the Donald subreddit has been one of the most influential meme creators and propaganda machines to help Donald Trump. And look, you can get mad about me calling it propaganda, but listen, it's information designed to push a political slant or per- a politician or idea. So it definitely fits the mold. 
It's not always bad, especially if it's something you think is a good thing, but it's definitely a place where people produce memes in support of one political leaning. I want to show you this. This is from 2018. You need to understand how significant what's happening right now is. This is not an issue of Trump. It is not an issue of the Donald. It is an issue of the most egregious act of censorship we have seen yet. This is where internet memes come from. Two Reddit and 4chan communities are especially good at spreading and weaponizing them. June 11th, 2018. They specifically point out that it is the Donald and 4chan's poll that that produce and push the memes, saying, one community stands out as being the most active overall. The Donald is the most active one when it comes to posting memes in general. It is also the subreddit where most racism and politicized memes are posted. Now, take that first part with a grain of salt, because we don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I know a lot of people are going to get mad at me, but we don't know what they mean by racism. I got to be honest. Are they, what, are, what are they really talking about? Well, they, they, they mention that these communities, two relatively small communities, stand out as being particularly effective at spreading memes. We find that poll substantially influences the meme ecosystem by posting a large number of memes, while the Donald is the most efficient community in pushing memes to both fringe and mainstream web communities. A lot of the memes you've seen with Pepe and the variations of the little frog dude originated with either 4chan or with, uh, with the Donald. And the thing about 4chan is they'll, they'll put it on the politically incorrect subreddit. Uh, I'm sorry, the, not subreddit, the politically incorrect forum. But 4chan has always been influential. For whatever reason, the people on 4chan seem to be on the forefront of internet virality. And a lot, almost all memes, like the overwhelming majority of memes, even going before Donald Trump, were coming from 4chan and everybody knew it. It then made its way to Reddit and then moved forward. We can then see how it kind of whittled down politically into Poll and into the Donald. Well, now we're here. Reddit has effectively shut it down by removing tons of people and doing something else. Reddit announces it now may suspend users for simply upvoting a policy-breaking post. Reddit's new rules go beyond banning users for the content they post. They'll now ban users for supporting it with an upvote. Let me explain this. Try and simplify it. I feel like it's kind of difficult. This is a place where memes originate, and they're very, very beneficial to the president and his, and his administration. Facebook has already taken down high-profile Trump supporters like Paul Joseph Watson, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, Alex Jones, etc. I am not telling you to like any of these people or to like Donald Trump. I am telling you that major tech firms are taking unethical, amoral, heavy-handed censorship positions for seemingly no, well, well, unjustified. I should say it's, it's, it's unjustified. They're doing it for political gain and it's going to work. It's going to work because they have been for a long time at war with Reddit and they are angry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got I got to walk back. Reddit has been at war with the community. The CEO has been at war with the Reddit users and it's going to have a serious impact. They know it. And that's why they're taking moves now. Let me tell you something. I said last year, if you thought it was bad now, wait till you see 2020. It's going to get really bad. Over at the Donald.win, this is the Donald's backup, I suppose. They've announced they've put the original subreddit into restricted mode. So again, I'm trying to avoid this being too esoteric, but they say we've tempor- temporarily put the subreddit into restricted mode. This means that only moderators and a few other approved members are able to post. 
after removing a majority of our moderators and causing a lot of drama, it goes without saying we cannot keep that community properly moderated, which was their plan. Win remains open and will be receiving our full attention. So here's what happens. Let me go. Let me take you back in time and, and prove to you this has been in the works for a very long time. First, if you go to the Donald, you can see this quote that they include. The quote, it's, it's cut off on my screen, but I'll read it to you. This is from the CEO of Reddit. I'm confident that Reddit could sway elections. We wouldn't do it, of course. And I don't know how many times we could get away with it. But if we really wanted to, I'm sure Reddit could have swayed at least this election this once from the CEO of Reddit. Then let me bring you to this uh, Wikipedia entry. Did you know that the CEO of one of the largest social media websites went into the internal code of the site and started changing the text of people's comments? That's how serious this is. The subreddit received additional coverage on November 24th, 2016, when Huffman, the CEO, admitted to editing the Donald user's comments that were critical of him. Now, Wikipedia says in response to harassment, but oh, please, people saying mean, mean things about you on the internet is not harassment. If they're coming to your house, sure, that's, that's messed up. If they're threatening you, of course, that's illegal. No, that's not what happened. They were insulting Spez. That's his username, Spez, the CEO. And so he actually went in and says, hey, everyone, yep, I messed with the FU Spez comments, replacing Spez with the Donald mods for about an hour. It's been a long week here trying to unwind the Pizzagate stuff. As much as we try to maintain a good relationship with you, all it, uh, with, with you all, it does get old being called a certain name constantly. As the CEO, I shouldn't play such games. And it's all been fixed now. Our community team is, is, is pretty pissed at me, as I, so I most assuredly won't do this again. And then he writes, F.U. Spez. Do you think that this petty, whiny, petulant little child just stopped there? Listen, I need to explain to you how serious this is. First, over on Facebook, there is a guy who works for the CIA and you can't say his name. And if you do, they will go into the code and they will remove whatever you said without warning, without notice. I've made several posts gone. If you thought it was bad last year or the year before, wait, you ain't seen nothing yet. They're trying everything in their power. Now, YouTube has my channel blacklisted. This channel, if you Google search it, guess what? Won't come up. Search for Tim Pool YouTube, nothing. Search for Tim Cast News, nothing. Well, I have a new channel because they're actively trying to suppress independent media, even from milquetoast fence sitters like me. What they want is a media that will always bend the knee and will always be critical of whoever they say you need to be critical towards. And that includes Bernie Sanders because they hate him too. But we'll see how things fall because this may be their last stand. Reddit is now going to ban people for simply upvoting content that breaks the rules as if you're supposed to know what that is. You see, the CEO of Reddit didn't just stop. He realized he was a moron and that publicly going into the code to change things like that people could see you doing and notice it happened. Well, that's so obvious. So they've done other things. They've changed the rules. They've singled out the Donald community specifically, restricting access to their posts, ultimately ending up in what's called a quarantine. This means that regular people on Reddit can't see anything from the Donald. I'll tell you why this is so annoying to me. R slash politics. It's the letter R, a slash and a politics. It's a directory for the political forum on Reddit. It has around five or six million people who've subscribed to it because over time, when you sign up for Reddit, you default get subscribed to general politics. 
What do you think happens when you go to the general politics page? Do you think you see, are, are you going to see uh, anything that's questioning Democrats or talking about Trump? No, it is almost exclusively Trump bad, Bernie good. And therein lies the big problem. R slash politics is the inversion of the Donald. They're the same thing. The difference is the Reddit administration props up this politics subreddit and it's filled with activist websites. I'm not talking about news. You don't go to r slash politics, the general, it's for everybody to have civil discussion on all political matters. Yet for some reason, it is a mirror image of the Donald. In fact, several Reddit users have even posted this to another subreddit called unpopular opinion. Turns out it's, it actually is a popular opinion. People are sick and tired. You go to Reddit. I'm so annoyed by this. They'll use websites like Common Dreams, Truthout. These are progressive activist sites, not news websites. And you go to some of these other lefty forums and they literally threaten cops and they break the rules and Reddit does nothing about it. The CEO of Reddit is personally angry at the users of that Donald subreddit. He, he, he was so upset, he went into the code and started changing it and got caught and said, okay, okay, I won't do it again. So do you think that's where they stopped? Of course not. They've been trying to get rid of Trump supporters for a really long time. They were mad that Hillary Clinton lost. But think about where we go in the future. Twitter actively bans tons of conservatives. Absolutely. Moderates and conservatives, basically anybody who pushes back on the, on the establishment, because it does affect anti-war leftists too. Because the conservatives make up a, a much larger faction, you're going to see way more Trump supporters and conservatives being banned than like progressive anti-war people. The progressive anti-war people on Twitter are distinct from, you know, your, your standard progressive intersectional or Democrat. So uh, case in point, Glenn Greenwald's The Intercept. He was very, very critical of Russiagate while still being critical of Trump, saying the establishment's lying. And of course, he was right, because now they're weaponizing those same smears against Bernie Sanders. So again, I don't care who you like or who you don't like, when Trump is the other side of that coin. So you basically have within the Democratic Party, the establishment and the progressives. And then on the right, you have Trump. Because the Trump base is substantially larger, they're more likely to be impacted, especially considering Trump is going to win and Bernie would probably lose. And the establishment is trying to shut out Bernie. So they're, they are screwing with Bernie. They are manipulating it in certain ways, but they don't have to worry too much. They can take the, you know, they're going to try and stop him at the convention. It's very different when you have a faction twice as large. Now they're going nuts. Here's what I think. I think these people are ideologues. They think they're smarter than you. They think they're better than you. They don't want a natural flow of memes or opinions, and they don't want anybody to use a system they built in a way that they don't like. It results in YouTube suppressing my content, which they do, and they got to be very careful about it. Here's what I've said before. If you like my content, don't be surprised if one day it's gone. But they know better than to outright ban someone like me. You see, I'm the milk toast fence sitter. I'm not someone like Steven Crowder. And they went after Crowder. Crowder is much more conservative. I mean, he's literally conservative. I'm not. And he's much more pro-Trump. I'm not. And, and, they, and they've tried messing with him. But they got to be careful. Because if they go in and just, you know, say, snap the rope right away and the bridge goes fallen, then all the conservatives fall in the pit. Everyone's going to freak out and it's going to be a major scandal. So here's what they do. Actually, let me tell you a story. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an anecdote. This is, a, this is a, uh, one of my favorite stories about the uh, in, in, incrementalization of manipulation. When eBay first started, the website was yellow. 
One day they decided yellow is harsh on the eyes, so we're going to change it to white, make the background white. Everyone complains. They get inundated with emails saying the website is ugly, change it back. This is not the site I'm used to. I'm confused. And so they had to change it back. Every day after that, they slowly incremented one shade at a time, very, very slowly, until about a year later, the whole site was white and no one said anything. They did it gradually, every single day, slightly changing it. And that was a big lesson for people on the internet. Right now, Reddit knew they needed to ban the Donald, but if they shut it down, then everyone's going to freak out. It's going to be major news. There's going to be accusations of censorship. Politicians will start calling them in. What they're doing now is trying to fly past the Republican uh, politicians. And it's going to work mostly, in my opinion, because Republicans are morons. The, the politicians, mind you. The voters, well, the voters, you know, vote on what they think is right. The problem, however, is you end up with a bunch of these politicians who I'll give some credit. Matt Gates, uh, uh, Howley and Cruz have done a pretty good job of calling this out, but there's only so much they can do. And there's only so much that's been done. It's still happening. It'll get worse and they will lose because of it. And I've said this before, that the Republican politicians are too stupid to realize how this will be the end of their careers. And maybe they'll win 2020. We'll see. I think they will. That's why this is happening. It's a long game. So here's what's going to happen. If they came out right now and banned the Donald, just boom, ban hammer, wiped out. You'd see a bunch of Republicans stand up and say, oh, ho, ho, humph. What is this? And they'd call people in for Senate hearings. They'd make demands. And these companies might be forced to backpedal. They do it slowly. They seed fake posts as if a Trump supporter is going to threaten cops. That's insane. They're not even good at what they're trying to claim they're doing. It's uh, I'm sorry, what they're, what they're actually doing. It's like, dude, you could just like, here, here, here's, here, here's what happens. There's another subreddit called r slash Trump. I'm not super familiar with it. It's much, much smaller. And already leftists are coming in and posting racist things. Now you're going to get the Reddit admins being like, oh no, look at what your users are doing. And it's like, dude, it's a web forum. It's part of your website. You should be policing this. So here's what happens. A couple posts pop up that said stupid things. The Reddit admins say, oh, there it is. Now we have to quarantine you. This means no one on the site will actively see the Donald. Then they did something else. You have to verify your account with an email address. That made it even harder for regular people to access the Donald. Then they said, if you upvote a basic function of the site, something we deem to be policy breaking, we'll suspend you. That's a threat. And now they're taking the moderators away. One step at a time, they are wiping out Trump communities and Trump supporters because they didn't want Trump to win in the first place. And this is the power they control and they're going to use it because they're doing it slowly. I think you're going to see that your politicians, the ones you voted for, Trump supporters, Republicans, are too stupid to do anything about it. I get it. I get it. Holly Gates, Cruz have done a good job, but nothing's going to happen. Nothing will happen. I, look, how many, how many hearings have been had? How many complaints have been made? We've known about the problem for so long, and it just keeps getting worse. You can go to actual forums on Reddit where you can actually see them every single day talk about breaking the law, hurting police, committing crimes, and Reddit does not care. And some of these forums are around half the size of the Donald. But for some reason, it's just it's just the people who support Donald Trump. And for some reason, they're trying to claim that people who support Donald Trump are going after cops. It sounds moronic, but maybe that's the point. They're flaunting it. Either they're morons, which may be the case, or they're flaunting it. I'll tell you what, though. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll wrap up on this. These Republican politicians are never going to solve this. 
the left is going to paradoxically claim the corporations are too powerful, but corporations in this case can do whatever they want. But Reddit's a private platform. They can ban whoever they want, even if it results in the manipulation of an election. And they'll start doing it to Bernie next because it's been happening every step of the way. This is why I look, man, I've said it since the beginning. If you do not stop them when they go for the conservatives, it will be Bernie next. And guess what's happened? Already, they've been doing the Russia smears against Bernie. And if you think it's bad now, wait until the, 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 uh, the DNC, the Democratic National Convention comes up. They are going to start tearing Bernie to shreds, to shreds, I say. And you're going to sit back and laugh because you don't like Trump supporters. And then it'll come for you because, look, Trump's a populist and so is Bernie. The establishment will not be stopped because not, no one's going to do anything about it. Because Trump supporters are getting banned, the Democrats, you know, even the progressive ones are laughing. Ha 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 ha, they say. Yep, until it comes for you. Then you're going to sure wish you came to the defense of the conservatives and the Trump supporters. Hey, look, man, if you think Bernie can beat Trump, you should absolutely be defending Trump supporters and Donald Trump on these forums. Because if you don't, then who's going to be there, there to defend you when they come and start banning your content? This is one of the biggest moves we have seen yet in election interference and the culture war. And if you think it's bad now, just give it a few months. Primary season isn't over, but we'll, we'll see. Because I, I will tell you this. I think the Democratic establishment would rather have Trump than Bernie. So we'll see how it plays out. I will, I will end by saying one final thing. The CEO of Reddit was caught and admitted to manipulating internal website code to change what people were saying. To put it in non-Reddit terms, imagine if you tweeted, I happen to like chocolate ice cream. And Jack Dorsey went in and changed what you said to I hate chocolate ice cream. And then all of a sudden people started yelling at you and complaining. That's what the CEO did. He used his power. He abused his power. And do you think he stopped there? Nah, you're nuts. And if, you, and if he's doing it here, don't you realize they're probably doing it across the entire website? So if you're an anarchist, if you're a Bernie supporter or a commie, don't be surprised if he's doing the same thing to you guys and you won't speak up about it, then you're fine, whatever. Then you deserve it. I'll stop now. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all there. So we've already seen videos of people fighting in supermarkets, shelves being stripped bare in Italy, where the virus outbreak is getting worse. Towns are being quarantined. And now here in the United States, we've heard from the CDC saying it's going to get severe. Donald Trump is certainly taking the kind of opposite approach. It'll be fine. It'll blow over. But the markets are getting hit bad, which is kind of surprising to me. I think you're crazy to panic sell, but people are doing it. So you know what's going to happen? This, the coronavirus panic is going to hit the market. Smart investors are going to scoop up the dip and they're going to make a ton of money off of this. I'm not trying to be a dick or, you know, kind of downplay the severity of this, but it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sell anything, but that's just me. So now in the, in the United States, Trump is definitely saying things are calm. The CDC is saying it's going to get bad. We have this report. The CDC confirms first unknown origin coronavirus case in Northern California resident who hasn't recently traveled abroad or been exposed to an infected patient after Donald Trump insisted the risk to Americans is very low. Yeah, it's going to get bad. Sorry, Trump is wrong on this one. I can understand why the government, why the Trump administration would, would want to downplay this. It's hurting markets. They don't want panic. I get it. But let's just be real. Is this the end of the world? Probably not, but it will get bad. It may, be, it may get worse than we've, we've, we've experienced in our lifetime. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I have some charts to show you comparing coronavirus to other outbreaks. But for those of you that, that came 
uh, to this video, you came for a specific reason. The shortage of supplies. Check this out. Shocking photos show Woolworth's shelves stripped of paracetamol and toilet paper just hours after Scott Morrison issued coronavirus pandemic warning. This is probably why Trump didn't go full speed like, hey, the end is nigh, because this is what you can expect. Look at these shelves. For some reason, don't ask me why, in Italy and in Sydney, Australia, people are leaving the pasta behind. I guess, you know, it takes a lot of water to, to get that pasta edible so people don't want don't to buy it. But you can still see a lot of it has been taken. These shelves are being stripped bare. I'm going to tell you this right now. We got a lot of crazy news. All right. It's getting worse. It's going to get worse. And supplies are already being bought in droves. All right. Check this out. This is a graph showing the outbreak. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and we'll talk about the CDC, but I want to make sure I get you through the, the, the straight details so you can understand the severity of this before we start reading about why the San Francisco or the Northern California individual is so serious. On day 41, this is from this video, day 41 of the coronavirus outbreak. This is when they stopped tracking it, this animation. Look at the blue line. For those that are watching, for, for, for those that are listening, I'll explain. We're comparing coronavirus to SARS, swine flu, Ebola, and MERS, and coronavirus skyrocketed substantially higher than the rest. Now, you want to know why this is so terrifying? Swine flu is way, way down. So, so they take all of these outbreaks from, the, from day zero and track the expansion of the disease, the virus, or, 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 or disease in general. And we can see coronavirus grown, was growing substantially faster than swine flu. Now, down here, you can see in this, in this clip, it says day 212. And you can see we're no longer tracking coronavirus because it hasn't been that many days. Look where swine flu is. 12.3 million, 15.2 million by 212 days with 73,400 73, deaths and a 0.5% mortality rate. Now, now listen, swine flu was growing substantially slower than coronavirus with a mortality rate around 20 or so, 20 to 25%. Coronavirus is four to six times as deadly and it was growing substantially faster. So we don't know exactly if the coronavirus is going to get out of control, but if you thought swine flu was bad with 15 million infected and 73,000 dead, multiply that number by six for your 3% in, you know, in a worst case scenario. We're looking at 300 plus thousand. It even says uh, day, day two twelve since outbreak. However, the virus's low fatality rate of under 1% meant that fewer than 300,000 people died. And that means when we, if we look at Ebola as well, these, these, these other diseases, SARS, MERS, and Ebola barely even go up. They, 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 they don't go up. So what we're seeing is the coronavirus may be growing absolutely faster than we saw swine flu with a much worse mortality rate. So going back to the loss of supplies and again, you know, quarantine break, we can't track this anymore. I'm going to do something I don't typically do, but needs to be done. This is preparewithtim.com. First, I will be completely honest and open. All of the videos I do about coronavirus are demonetized. That means when I do this, I know full well it is not going to net me anything for, for my, my career, my business. We're not making money. YouTube strikes these videos down immediately in terms of no ads whatsoever. This is, uh, if, you, if you go to preparewithtim.com, there, are, there is uh, emergency food supplies. Look, they've got that cute little picture of me. Isn't that funny? You can get emergency food supplies. The reason I'm telling you this, 
I don't normally do these promos, only in extreme circumstances. I've done a dozen or so videos on the coronavirus, and I've, this is only the second time I've ever mentioned this. I did mention it on the podcast the other night, but that was more because of the breaking news around what's happening. So I mean this in all sincerity. If you want to help support the channel and you really are looking for some emergency food supplies, it is a great way to get prepared. Uh, go to preparewithtim.com. But I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I'll say it again. I'm, I'm only doing this because I really, I really do mean it. I got an email from someone saying that they took my advice uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. I was saying, go out there and get supplies. You know, Don't overreact. Don't buy up, build a bunker, but take it seriously. And now the area they're in is being locked down and they have food. So this, this could happen to you. But there's, a, there's another reason why I'm showing you this. They've issued an update. This is, again, preparewithtim.com. They sell supplies, but they're saying that demand is over 100 times normal volume potentially <laughs> causing a five-week delay in more uh, or more in rare cases. So they're, they're saying they're confident they can get these out in two days, but demand is up 100 times due to the coronavirus. Look at these photos, please, man. Take it seriously. These shops are being stripped bare, all right? People are running in there, buying things up. Scott Morrison of Australia said, hey, pandemic, and people ran to the stores. So it's probably good for all of us that Trump is downplaying this. Of course, his political opponents are weaponizing that against him. I don't know what to tell you other than I think the smartest thing you can do is get, get ready. It's not so much about whether or not everyone in the world is going to die and we're looking at a zombie apocalypse. Swine flu was bad. This looks like it may be way, way worse in terms of mortality rate and growth. We can't track it. And now the big main story. We don't know how this person in California got the coronavirus. You know what that means? It means there's probably tons of people who have it and we don't know and they're spreading it right now and it's going to reach thousands of people. It's probably already infected thousands of people. Look at it this way. The people who get tested have severe, more severe cases and that's only around 20% of people who actually catch the virus. 80% is mild. Most of these people probably don't pay attention. So when we're looking at the reported cases that we know of, it's probably disproportionately showing hospitalizations, which means if we're looking at, you know, 50% of the actual people not going to the doctor, it's substantially higher than we're actually seeing. And that's why this happens. CDC confirms first unknown origin coronavirus case in Northern California. This person didn't travel abroad. And so they think this is an example of community spread. So that means it's there. It's in California. Fortunately, one of the smartest things San Francisco did was it declared a state of emergency before these reports came in. But now we can see it may be too late. At least they did it a little bit early. I hope you consider that when you listen to me and I say, buy some food, man, buy some food and water. Daily Mail reports the first case of coronavirus where the origin of the disease is unknown has been confirmed in the U.S. Officials revealed Wednesday. The CDC confirmed the person, a resident in Northern California, had not recently returned from a foreign country and had not been in contact with another confirmed case. The patient is being treated at UC Davis Medical Center in Sacramento, where tests for the virus came back positive. The news suggests that fears of the disease spreading locally in the US could now be a reality, while President Trump continued to tell the public that the risk to Americans is low. Trump's probably right. It probably is low. But just because it's low doesn't mean you are invincible. Trump announced in a press conference Wednesday night, that the U.S. was very ready to tackle the disease. And he also handed Vice President Mike Pence the task of leading the nation's response to the disease. Now, of course, we're seeing Trump's political opponents weaponize this against him. 
It's a mistake, in my opinion. Look, when we're dealing with a crisis, the last thing we should be doing is politicking off it. But of course, these people can't resist. That's why I detest all of these politicians. Can't you just shut up for five minutes so we can figure out what's going on? Can't you lend support instead of complaining nonstop? And here I am complaining about them complaining. Isn't that funny? The U.S. has taken extreme precautions precautions to ensure that anyone traveling back from China has been quarantined in order to limit the spread of the, spread of the disease. Now, only if we listened to Tom Cotton, Republican from Alabama, if only we listened to him when he said, we got to you know, stop these, these, these uh, uh, certain, we got to ban certain travel because of the disease. We could have listened. But the news of the first case where a patient has no known connection to travel uh, abroad or other known cases now raises concern over how the disease could spread across America. Questions are also being asked over the CDC's handling of the latest case after an email from medical center officials to employees revealed that the CDC took four days to test the patient for the deadly disease despite requests from staff at the center. The leaked memo also suggested medical center staff may have been unnecessarily put at risk after some have now been told to go into isolation and watch for symptoms. A statement from CDC confirmed the first possible instance of community spread in the U.S., At this time, the patient's exposure is unknown. It's possible this could be an instance of community spread of COVID-19, which could be the first time this has happened in the U.S. Community community spread means spread of an illness for which the source of of an infection is unknown. The CDC did not rule out that the patient may have been in contact with an infected individual who has yet to be diagnosed or linked to the individual. It's also possible, however, that the patient may have been exposed to a returned traveler who was infected. We don't know but we know it's spreading. Now check this out. We have this map here, coronavirus in the US and Canada. Total uh, 60 US cases. We've got some in in Canada. In Italy, they had a few isolated cases and they thought it wasn't that big of a deal. And now it's it's skyrocketing. Apparently the number has jumped dramatically from like 280 to like 450. And that means if you're looking at 450, the number is actually 4,000. It's going to keep jumping because you're only seeing them as they get reported as people start showing symptoms. So while they're saying right now, 81,000 people have it, it's probably 800. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't want to overhype the number, but it's definitely a lot higher. If we, if we go off the numbers from Italy, they say 81,000. And if we're looking at an additional you know, 70, 80% higher that we haven't tracked, then we're looking at 140 to 150,000 people infected around the world. That says to me that, you know, if, if you're not, if you're looking at this thinking, oh, it's no big deal. There's 10 people in California. There's one in Texas. No, that's the one they know about. And now in California, we don't even know how this person got sick, which brings me to, I can only say it for the 15th billion, 50th, 50 billionth time. If the governments are overreacting and you're not, you're doing something wrong. You know, they're not going to be completely honest because they want to avoid panic. But when they know something and they go nuts, stands to reason it's worse than they're, they're letting on. Japanese Prime Minister uh, Abe asks all schools to close over coronavirus. Japan's entire school system from elementary to high schools will be asked to close from March 2nd until their upcoming spring spring break late in the month to help contain the coronavirus outbreak. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe said on Thursday, Japan is going to shut down every single school in their country. They're asking them to over the fears of this virus. So Trump can come out and say everything's fine. Again, I get it. But do you think Japan is overreacting or underreacting? Honestly, don't know. I also don't care. There's an interesting phenomenon when it comes to conflict crisis and, you know, group mentality. I always tell people, uh, I'll give you you a a physical real world example I I, I experienced. I was in Venezuela 
And there was a group of protesters in the middle of an intersection. In one direction from them was a group of National Guard and they were armed. I told my crew, we are going to walk from in the direction from the National Guard to where the protest is and then turn left. We want to be at an angle from them because if the National Guard run to, runs towards the people, we don't want to be in between or part of either group. Well, sure enough, the group of students started screaming and running full speed away from where the National Guard was. So I yelled, run to the left. So they're going straight. We turn left and run the other direction. The point I'm trying to make is when you see people like like Shinzo Abe say, we're going to shut down all our schools. That's akin to watching the group of people scream and run in a certain direction. Take notice. Something is happening and it's going to be bad, but it could be wrong. And don't run with them. Run in a direction that keeps you safe. The point I'm trying to make is when we see all of these countries and all these governments react as though they're being charged at by a, you know someone very dangerous, then we should recognize there is a strong likelihood they're running from something on purpose, something that's really, really bad. It doesn't mean we should do the same things. It means we've noticed that people are freaking out and we don't want to be a, a party to their freak out. We want to remain calm and solve our problem in, the, in, in, in an intelligent way. I think when you see how, you know, Russia's closed its borders, I, I think Russia closed its borders to, to China. We've seen Iran. We've seen people in Iran dying. We're seeing an explosion of cases in South Korea. And I showed you this graph already, a shocking chart showing that on day 41, the spike was substa- from coronavirus to swine flu was substantially higher than where swine flu ended up. I think it's going to get real bad, man. I do. So I hope you're all seriously paying attention. Right now in, in, uh, in Italy, it's uh, jumped to 447. Just the other day, it was around 280 or so. I covered that. And here we are a day later, boom, much higher. But let me tell you something. If you think that you're going to be fine, America won't get hit, then I'm sorry, you're wrong. You know, if, if you, if you want to tr- trust Trump when he says, don't worry about it, fine, but you better still take care of yourself. Fox 13 Tampa Bay reports flight attendant diagnosed with cron- coronavirus after flights in and out of Los Angeles. And there it is. A, a, a flight attendant flew out of LA and was later diagnosed with having coronavirus. It's a two-week incubation period, they say on average, with an extru- in some cases, 27 days. She was in LA, in an airport, no less. And that's it. People fly around the world. It can, the coronavirus can stay on surfaces for up to nine days. So all she had to do without being symptomatic, without knowing, cough, touched a railing. Someone else touched the railing. Now that person's spreading it. And there you go. We don't know how some of these people are getting these diseases. And this was, it was a week or so ago. We saw three cases, I believe, in Asia, they couldn't trace. And that was the first indication we knew quarantine was shattered. We can try all we want. We can slow things down. But the fact remains, as you know, every day we see it, it's getting worse and it's, it's spreading around and it's probably already in your town. You might, you might think there's no reported cases. It's probably there, man. And, 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 and I know a lot of people on Twitter are saying, oh, it's only 2% mortality. <laughs> Do you want to you you buy a lotto ticket with a 2% chance you die? <laughs> nah, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in taking care of myself. So I hope you are too. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying just, look, man, the stores are being raided. I will just cover all of the updates as the story changes and emerges. You can follow me. I've been basically doing the 1 p.m. coronavirus update as it's been getting crazier and crazier. But I will end with one more shout out to uh, preparewithtim.com. These guys have emergency food supplies. 
I mean it sincerely when I say I rarely ever do this, but I really do think that, you know, not only will you, it supports my channel when you, when you, uh, when you buy from them, but I really do think you need to consider something like this. All right. I've got water and I've got food available, and this is a great way you can pick it up. They're experiencing delays in shipping. And this is the big news that I really want to get across to you guys. That's shocking to me. A hundred times normal volume. The people who are in the know are already going for the supplies. Don't be last in line. Because when Trump finally comes out and says quarantine in America is broken, we've lost control. You're going to see every store, every shelf raided. And you know what's going to be left for you? You're going to be able to pick from one of these fine boxes of dry pasta noodles. Hey, man, I love pasta. But is that really what you want to be eating? If you have to, I'm sure you'll be fine doing it. But if you go out now and take care of yourself, if you order from preparewithtim.com, then you might be eating some nice fettuccine Alfredo with some chicken and beans and rice and having a real meal when, it, when things really do get bad and start locking things down. And I think they will. I think we're going to start seeing checkpoints set up. I think we're going to see school closures because the CDC has said so already. It's not a fringe opinion. It's not a conspiracy theory. The CDC said business and schools will be severely disrupted. I hope you're listening. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. It's a different channel, and I will see you all there. Republicans in South Carolina announce Operation Chaos. The plan, because the state's an open primary, go vote in the Democratic primary for Bernie Sanders, who they view as being the weakest candidate. And no, this is a mistake. First of all, okay, we should read this first. I just want to say, if you vote for Bernie and then Bernie wins, I'm going to laugh at y'all. I'm going to laugh. Don't, don't, don't let hubris block you. But let's read because I actually, maybe, maybe it's the right move. I mean, I think it's kind of dirty, you know, let the people decide and don't try and play games. But theoretically, it could work. The idea being that Bernie Sanders is so weak in the national election that if Bernie wins the Democratic nomination, he will end up losing to Donald Trump. Let's read the story from Pluralist. It's actually reported by Reuters. Republicans unveil Operation Chaos plan to sabotage Democratic primary with flood of Bernie votes. I do not believe you will see Bernie Sanders supporters crying about this one. They say Republican activists in South Carolina are urging party voters to do the seemingly unthinkable. Support Bernie Sanders' bid for the White House in the state's Democratic primary on Saturday. The unusual effort is aimed at exposing what the activists see as flaws in the southern state's open primary system and at boosting the candidate with uh, the candidate many Republicans view as the easiest rival for President Donald Trump to beat in November. Sanders enters Saturday contest as the frontrunner for the Democratic nomination fueled by wins in New Hampshire and Nevada in a near tie for first in Iowa. But the Vermonter, an independent who calls himself a Democratic socialist, now faces a tough challenge from Joe Biden. The former vice president is bolstered by strong support from African-Americans who comprise a large share of South Carolina's Democratic electorate. And I will also point out, as many of you are probably aware, Bernie Sanders recently praised Cuba and China. I do not think that's going to go over well with many people who are probably in South, South Carolina. Now, look, I think, I, I don't know if there's a large population of Cuban exiles or relatives or friends of, but it's proximity to Florida. I'd be willing to bet probably plays a role. Bernie is not faring too well. If the Republicans do come out and vote for Bernie, he might actually beat Biden. And this is a huge, well, actually, according to their plan, it makes sense. But I think it might be a huge mistake. And hear me out. Let's read a little bit more. And I'll tell you why. They say, Bernie is a socialist and the most egregious of all the candidates. He is also the weakest against Trump, said Presley Stutz, a Tea Party activist 
and one of the organizers behind an interference effort dubbed Operation Chaos. The Sanders campaign did not respond to requests for comment. Democrats and Republicans previously have threatened to interfere with the other party's primary process in South Carolina and elsewhere, generally without success. In Iowa, however, Republicans boasted they clogged Democratic Party telephone lines, exacerbating embarrassing delays in reporting caucus results. State Democratic Party Chairman Trav Robertson called the Republican efforts nonsense. He said party leaders expect greater Democratic primary numbers not due to Republican gamesmanship, but because voters are fed up with the immoral anti-Christian person occupying the White House. Voter turnout has been meh across the board so far. I don't think South Carolina is going to be an exception. I also don't think Bernie, Sa- I'm sorry, I, don't, I also don't think Biden is going to win. Joe Biden has been leading the polls in all of these states. He's not won a single state. How is he the national front runner? Spare me. It's not true. But hey, I could be wrong. South Carolina is a different state. So we'll see what happens. South Carolina voters do not register by party and are allowed to vote in either party's contest. After the state Republican Party canceled its primary this year out of deference to Trump, activists long angered by Democrats allegedly participating in local Republican votes saw an opportunity for payback. Stutz said he has been inundated with emails, texts, and social media messages from Republicans eager to join the effort. On Tuesday, he held a news conference in Greenville, South Carolina, to announce the plan to vote for Sanders after some internal wrangling over which candidate support. Karen Martin, a freelance editor and pet sitter in Spartanburg, is leading a similar effort she has coined Trump 229 in a nod to the primary date. Like Stutz, she wants the state to change to a closed primary system and sees delivering a victory for Sanders as the best way to antagonize a Democratic party that includes some who are reluctant to embrace his candidacy. With no party registration figures, it will be difficult to measure the impact of the Republican organizing efforts, and they will take credit for it if Bernie wins, considering the polls. A public policy polling survey released on Monday found a fair number of Trump supporters plan to vote in the Democratic primary, but the survey said they, their, dis, uh, their dispersed support among several candidates meant they would not be a factor. State Republican Chairman Drew Miss McKissick said his organization had not endorsed the activists' efforts, nor has it called for the movement to stop, saying, I'm not sure exactly how much this will move the needle. I do know that I'm having fun watching the Democratic circus and that Bernie Sanders, a socialist, would provide the ultimate contrast between the two parties. Now, here's the thing. First, let me say to y'all, if you're planning on doing this, you will deserve it if Bernie beats Trump in November. Personally, I don't think he will, so I get it. But if you go out and play games, all right, I'm talking about underhanded games voting in the Democratic primary process to upset their nominating process, then you would, if you lose, you would have deserved it. It'll, it will be a wonder, wonderful comeuppance to those who think they can undermine the process by playing these games if they actually lose technically to the person they actually voted for. But I'm also going to tell you, y'all are wrong. It's not the game you want to play. Okay, it's a bad strategy. First, I completely disagree. I think you should not be voting unless you are uh, planning to participate in the Democratic primary and vote for the Democrat in the long run. Otherwise, it's just underhanded BS, and it will be weaponized against you to undermine Trump's message. If you're a Trump supporter and you do this, they're going to claim you cheated. They're going to say, you see what his supporters did? They cheated. And you know what? If you do it, so be it. It's, the, it's what you want to do. So I urge everybody to, to play fair, I guess. I get it. Other people cheat. Well, you can't do that. But let me tell you something. It's a bad idea. Right now, over the 538 prediction model, 
This big jump just happened. And Nate Silver, I guess, is upset because now there is a one in two chance no one wins the nomination. This is good for Trump supporters. Listen, the Democratic Party is in absolute chaos. And because of the chaos, they can't get their message straight. They're too busy fighting each other. If you vote for Bernie Sanders to try and pull some, you know, some manipulation of the election to try and, you know, hurt the Democratic Party and Bernie does win the nomination, then the party will unify around Bernie much better than they would if they fought all the way to the end. You see what I'm saying here? Right now, Bernie has fallen from around 44% chance likelihood of being the nominee to 31 with a one in two to 51% chance no one wins. If Bernie doesn't get at least 1,991 delegates, the superdelegates step in and everyone just votes, I think, as they choose, this will result in someone like Biden, Bloomberg, Warren, or Buttigieg. Not Bernie. And you know what that will mean? The Bernie or bust people will go nuts and the Democratic Party will lose them. Listen, you're wrong. You're crazy. The Bernie Sanders voters are the ones saying we will not support the Democratic Party. If it turns out that uh, you stop Bernie, if Bernie doesn't get the nomination, all of his voters walk away. If you help Bernie get the nomination, his supporters stay and vote. You see why what you're doing doesn't make sense? They're on the verge of chaos. They're in chaos, absolute chaos. But again, I want to stress, don't do this stuff. Man, seriously, it bums me out when I hear this. I think it's so dumb and so silly. And I, and, and I will say this, if they do this, the people in South Carolina, and go and interfere in the Democratic nominating process, then I hope Bernie wins. I do. Okay, I don't mean that. I'm just being a bit facetious. But there's, there, there is so much dirty, underhanded politicking. I told you, I've told you all before, when Trump won, I laughed. You know why? Because the DNC cheated Bernie out of his win. So watching Hillary lose was glorious. I love seeing justice served. Now I get it. This is just South Carolina. But don't play these games. Don't do what they do. Stand above. And it's not, it's not the way to go about it. You're also going to undermine your own message and give them an opportunity to claim that you cheated and it's not fair. If Bernie ends up winning, the Democratic establishment is going to use these stories and say, see, it was Republicans propping up Bernie to hurt the Democratic Party and, de- and, tr- and try and use that to delegitimize the fact that they're just insane. Let them fight. Let them sort it out for themselves. Right now, no one is going to win. Good. No one is better than someone if you oppose what they're doing because they have no party unity. If you go out and you do this, it's actually going to bring the party together. Look, I don't know what's going to happen in November, but I think Trump is going to landslide. And I think it's fair to point out most people think so, even Democrats. It's probably one of the reasons why the prediction models are so wonky and no one knows exactly what's going to happen. I will also say what we're learning right now from these prediction models is that the polls are all wrong. Joe Biden was the front runner in the prediction model because of polls. Then Bernie actually won and Biden tanked. This means that you might be sitting there saying, you know what's going to happen. You know Trump's going to win. Bernie might actually win. If you let hubris blind you, you will lose and you will get no sympathy from me because Hillary Clinton did the same thing. Now, if you want to have honor and integrity and stand up for what you believe in, and if you think Trump is the right choice, then you should stand by that and play the game fair. But if you think you need a sneaky edge to win, you must not really be confident in the president at all. I wish everybody would chill out on this stuff. I'm not, I, I do not find it fun or entertaining. I think it's gross. But I guess we'll see. 
because no matter what happens, they'll probably claim it's true. So I'll leave it there. Stick around. I got two more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. More Democrats are quitting the Democratic Party at an official level. Most of you are probably familiar with the walk away campaign, which has seen presumably tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people quit the Democratic Party, often joining the Republican Party. And we've seen people like Jeff Van Drew switch at the, na- at the federal level from Democrat to Republican. There have also been some, I think it was in New Mexico, I could be wrong, and Philadelphia, a, a state rep switched to the independent party from Democrat to caucus with Republicans, because as we all know, the left has gone insane. We now have this story from Red State. It's a new day in Mississippi as eight elected state officials announce party switch and join the GOP, six of which were Democrats. Do we see this phenomenon happening in the other direction? No. You had Justin Amash. Yeah, that was a bad move. He went in the wrong direction because the walk away is happening from the left to the right. Because as I often have said, politics in this country flows in one direction. If you take a picture with a Trump supporter, they'll accuse you of being a Trump supporter. But if a Trump supporter took a picture with a far leftist or a communist waving a communist flag, they would accuse the communist of being a Trump supporter. It doesn't, it doesn't flow in that direction. And now we can see it. Let's read the story. They say WLBT reports that the Mississippi Republican Party welcomed eight new members into their fold last week, six of whom had been Democrats and two independents. Each of these officials were elected in the most recent election cycle. Oh, man, they are burning down and they can't get their heads straight to save their own party. Mississippi Republican Party Chairman Lucian Smith suspects they won't be the last. He told WLBT, we have had a relentless focus on switching conservative Democrats over to the Republican Party. They recognize increasingly that there is only one party that represents the conservative values of our state, and that is the Republican Party. Newly elected Governor Tate Reeves, a Republican, told reporters, we're in a scenario in this country where you can choose to be a member of the party led by Donald J. Trump, or you can choose to be a member of the Socialist Democratic Party led by Bernie Sanders. The Mississippi Republican Party is the party that is building success for Mississippi by grounding government in the principles of liberty. These men and women on the front lines of local government understand, understand that and know a brighter future cannot be achieved by less freedom and more government. I'm pleased to welcome them to the Mississippi, the MSGOP, and look forward to their continued service to their fellow Mississippians. When you look at the progress we have made from a financial standpoint, when you look at the fact that we are in the best fiscal shape we have ever been in, in our state, it is because of conservative principles that have been enacted in our state house. We also know that the government that governs closest to the people governs best. Well, the Democratic Party is increasingly adopting a negative view of wealth, whereas the Republican Party is maintaining a conservative or a positive view of wealth. What I mean, what I mean by that is Bernie's campaign has been all about we should take from them and distribute, but nothing about creating. The problem with that is when you're talking about paying taxes for health care, where does the money come from after you've taken it all? Whereas Trump is talking about creating jobs. But the bigger issue I see here and why I see this happening is that Democrats and Republicans used to be very similar. They disagreed on a few key issues like, you know, pro-choice or life. Now it's literally capitalism versus socialism. And guess what? Most Democrats are capitalist. But as Bernie Sanders keeps gaining ground, they say, if other hands up and say, I'm done, I'm out. If the Democratic Party goes full socialist, which they're heading towards, you are going to see a mass exodus of Democrats 
to the Republican Party. I think, look, we're going to see 75 million votes for Trump in November. I mean, maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the numbers are. Don't take my word for it. I was wrong in 2018. But it really does feel like Trump is going to landslide and it's hard to see any other outcome. If we keep having Democrats leave the party like actually elected representatives, then why should I assume at the ground level people are going to go out and vote against them? Jeff Van Drew, a Democrat, switched and then Trump endorsed them. I'm sorry, these people are out of their minds. They say, according to Yale Politics, all statewide offices are currently held by the Republicans, and there is also a majority in the House and the Senate. The GOP sweep in statewide offices last year and the approval rating for Donald Trump opened the do- opens the door to this, noted Millsap's Department of Government and Politics Chair, Dr. Nathan Schrader. He added, they have a plausible argument to make with these elected officials that your constituents are already aligning with us. The voting patterns in your district are moving in our direction. You should join the team too. Matt Sullivan, 13th Circuit Court District Attorney noted, there are conservatives, conservative Democrats all across the state of Mississippi. And there was once upon a time when the conservative Democrats controlled this state. It's a new day in Mississippi. And I believe the Republican Party is growing. And there's a place in the Republican Party for people like me. Wow, is this guy a Democrat? That's crazy. He's someone who switched. They say, here's what they say. Matt Sullivan, district attorney for the 13th Circuit Court. Um, The eight officials include. So yes, this is one of the guys who switched. I'm not going to read through all of them, but we have six former Democrats. They say, frankly, I think we'll see a lot more of this, especially if Bernie wins the Democratic presidential nomination, which is looking more and more likely by the day. There are many conservative and moderate Democrats who won't want to be associated with a party led by a socialist. So I just did a segment where you have people in South Carolina saying Republicans should vote for Bernie Sanders. I think strategically it makes sense. But I think the issue for the most part is an issue of honor and integrity. But I'll I'll add this. I don't want to rehash that segment. I will say if Republicans went out and voted for Bernie and Bernie actually won the nomination and we're seeing more people jump ship because they don't want to be associated with the socialist party, then it's not about whether Trump wins or not. It's about Bernie tainting the voter, like tainting the Democratic Party. So regular voters just steer clear of the Democrats, don't vote or vote Republican. And the Republicans win ground across the country at state and local levels, not just the presidency. But I will end by saying, keep your integrity, your integrity and keep your honor. Let's read more. There has to be a good number of registered Democrats who are disgusted by their party's daily assault on President Trump after the Russian collusion hoax, the Ukrainian phone call scam, which led to the president's impeachment and the resurrection of the Russia hoax, some of them will stand up and say enough. Hey, man, look, I'm right here with you. I think that they have tried scandal after scandal because they have nothing to actually talk about. Here's what's important when it comes to November. The economy is really, really good. Now, the, now I almost said the word. There's some words I can't say on YouTube. So what's happening in China and spreading around the world now has markets in a tizzy. But I think this still might be good for the president because it's a, it's a disaster economy and people are going to be scared and say, just vote for Trump again. Don't rock the boat. But I will tell you that as the Democrats keep gaining ground, freaking people out and then offering up nothing in the, in, in the House, you see why these switches keep happening. Donald Trump won, but the Democrats keep sc- screaming scandal. And the reason they do is because most people just don't care about what's happening. When the economy is good, Regular people, they go bowling. They go to Cheesecake Factory. They enjoy themselves. They're not super concerned about everything because life is good. They got what they need. So the Democrats need something to shock them. Scandal after scandal after scandal. 
And it turns out to always be bunk. When you do that, you end up burning down your own party. Because I'll tell you what, if they stuck to principle, rejected the far left, these people would have no reason to leave the party. They would just say, we'll do better next time. But the party is doing two things at once, screeching about insane scandals no one cares about, and and, and offering up nothing of substance to anybody as to why they should vote Democrat. And so people are looking at a national level, and it's going to affect state level politicians and local politicians. They say, many will find it too difficult to defend the party's sharp left turn. Well, that's another point too. Most Americans don't support open borders, Medicare for all, and late-term abortion, and may find it tough to vote for candidates who do. The differences have become unmistakable. What used to be a gray area between Democratic and Republican ideology is now daylight, and socialism may, may just be a bridge too far. Project Veritas released a video the other day where a journalist said he was a socialist because he wanted health care. But that's not socialism. The problem is, well, the problem for these Democrats and a lot of, uh, and a lot of these you know, people who are supporting Bernie is they don't realize what socialism really is. Bernie in the past has advocated for seizing the means of production. That, what does that mean? How does that scale? They don't really have an answer. I've asked them. At what point does something become the means of production? Right now, I'm in my basement. I got a camera pointed at my face. I use this to produce things. Should I have a right to own that means of production? I have no idea. And asking some of them, they typically say either yes or no, often yes. Or I'm sorry, often no, you should not have a right to own that camera. It should be public property and everyone should have a right to do what you do. I don't want to live in an authoritarian system, so you won't see me voting for people who advocate for these things. Bernie has not directly come out and said seize the means of production in his presidential campaign, but he has talked about taking 20% of stock or equity from a company to be used as, you know, for, for, uh, to give bonuses to the, the workers. That's the first step. That's the point of democratic socialism. They want you to walk your way into the mouse trap instead of throwing the trap at your face. They want you to walk into the pit trap and they're, they're going to convince you and lie to you to do it. It's the difference between jabbing you with a, sport, with a pointy stick and coaxing you into walking forward until you fall into a pit and get jabbed with a pointy stick. But a lot of people who are voting for Bernie and talking about these progressive values don't know that he's actually an avowed socialist promoting full-on socialism. And they're being told that democratic socialism is Denmark when Denmark is a market economy. You get the point. Well, here we go again. More Democrats leaving the party. Don't be surprised if you see more. I will leave it there. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Donald Trump has just launched the nuclear option in the immigration fight, and this actually is a bit startling to even me. The New York Times reports Justice Department establishes office to denaturalize immigrants. The department called the decision a move to bring justice to terrorists, war criminals, sex offenders, and other fraudsters, but some lawyers there feared a broader crackdown. I've got very strong opinions on this. I'm going to read and make sure we get all the details right, but I am going to be pretty critical to an extent. The first thing I'll say is if somebody defrauds us Americans in America to try and get access to our benefits and citizenship, yeah, they have no right to that. And if we find out, boot them, even if they've been naturalized after the fact. The problem here is a fear of the slippery slope. But let's read this before I say something and I don't, that I don't understand. They report the Justice Department said Wednesday, that it had created an official section in its immigration office to strip citizenship rights from naturalized immigrants, a move that gives more heft to the Trump administration's broad efforts to remove from the country immigrants who have committed crimes. The denaturalization section 
underscores the department's commitment to bring justice to terrorists. We, we, we read that part. And that's what uh, uh, who illegal, people who uh, other fraudsters who illegally obtained naturalization. Joseph H. Hunt, the head of Justice Department's civil division, said in a statement, the denaturalization section will further the department's efforts to pursue, the, pursue those who unlawfully obtained citizenship status and ensure that they are held accountable for their fraudulent conduct. The move promises to further expand a practice that was once used infrequently, but that the Trump administration has increasingly turned to as part of an, its immigration crackdown. It has raised alarms among some department lawyers who fear de- denaturalization lawsuits could be used against immigrants who have not committed serious crimes. Here is the challenge. People who have committed crimes should be held accountable. We must err on the side of the presumption of innocence. But will can this be used to create net negative effects? And can it target immigrants who have committed no crimes? I personally do not like the idea of taking away citizenship from people. The government shouldn't be allowed to do that. If you become a citizen, you're a citizen. However, I'm talking about innocent, good individuals who did the right thing. Here's a real moral conundrum. If somebody exploits the system, breaks the law, certain politicians, I might say, to bring in family members or skirt the rules, then we need a process by which to say that should have never been given to you in the first place. But I really do fear that we can be stepping too far. So as I've mentioned, with, with, there was another story about Trump's elite border agents. You're, you're going to start seeing the, ex, the, ex, the exclamation points are popping up above my head. I am no fan of government expansion and authoritarianism. I'll be the first to criticize the far left advocating for breaking down barriers and borders and all that stuff. I'll be the first to defend the rights of, of, of our country to, to enforce its laws. But you're going to start seeing alarm bells raising when they're going after naturalized citizens and sending elite border agents into cities to crack down on illegal immigration. I'm not saying I'm drawing the line here. I'm not saying I'm freaking out now. I'm saying I'm a milquetoast moderate. So I do get alarmed when I see tactical units being deployed to cities. The last thing anyone should be advocating for is more police and law and, and executive authority or the expansion of a police state. Nah, been there, done that. We do not want that. That's, wor- that's, that's worse than what we would see from authoritarian commun. Well, maybe not worse than authoritarian communists, but still really, really bad in, in the same vein as far as I'm concerned. Critics say the administration's desire to prioritize denaturalizations underscores the idea that naturalized citizens have fewer rights than those born in the United States and that immigrants should not assume that they cannot be deported even after they go through the naturalization process. The new section will replace the team. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we need a hard line. Depending on the severity in which someone, what the crime of, someone, uh, of what someone committed to get naturalization, I think we probably shouldn't go there. And we should probably just lock people up or, you know, I honestly don't know exactly how we deal with this, but I can fully recognize there is an issue with people fraudulently trying to obtain access to this country and citizenship. But this seems to me like it's going way too far. Let's read more. The new section will replace the team of immigration lawyers who have been asked to focus on cases that revoke citizenship from those who have been convicted of terrorism, war crimes, and human rights violations and sex offenses. I can agree with that. And I can understand that. If someone comes here, plays all the rules, and then literally commits the most egregious crimes possible, then I think it's fair to say, well, I mean, even then, this is tough. This is really, really tough. We have an immigration process. You can become a citizen. And once you do, you have constitutional rights. And I don't think they can take away citizenship from people 
even if they do these horrifying things. Because what's what, what's the difference between an, an, an American born individual who commits these crimes and someone who isn't? What if they've been here for 10 years? I don't know how we how, I don't know how we do this properly. And I think we're walking towards a dangerous future if we don't draw a line at some point. Let's read more. The department has not announced who will lead the office, but several department officials and lawyers expected Timothy Belson, who has taken the lead in the department's denaturalization work, to assume that role. Mr. Belson helped to revoke the citizenship rights of a Yugoslavian-born convicted war criminal who omitted from her naturalization application the fact that she had executed unarmed civilians during the 1990s Balkan conflict. See, see that I get, right? So now I'm like, I get it. I'm not saying these people are good and we should defend them. I'm just saying I really do err on the side of uh, Blackstone's formulation, civil liberties, and the presumption of innocence. And this, it gets dangerously close to, to, to a fear of abuse of power. I got to say, though, the New York Times is a fairly liberal paper, not very pro-Trump. And pointing out Mr. Belson going after someone who committed atrocities, they paint a case for why this actually does make sense. Framing is important. If they wanted to talk about innocent individuals falsely accused of fraud who are deported, you know, in violation of their rights, that would be disconcerting to me. But the example they give is actually a war criminal who executed unarmed civilians. Can't really disagree with that. We should probably tell them to get out. You omitted that information and you should not have citizenship rights. The Justice Department under, because I I will also mention if they were a citizen, we'd probably do something worse to them. So they say that the uh, the Justice Department under Barack Obama also pursued denaturalizations. Important point. And it targeted people who had lied on their applications and committed other crimes. But denaturalizations have ramped up under the Trump administration. Of the 228 cases that the department has filed since 2008, about 40% of them were filed since 2017, according to official department numbers. And over the past three years, denaturalization case referrals to the department have increased 600%. Obama was the deporter in chief. So, I mean, we know Trump is cracking down. From the earliest days of the Trump administration, officials, including Stephen Miller, the White House aide who has driven much of President Trump's immigration policy, said denaturalization could be used as part of a broad pushback on immigration. Some Justice Department immigration lawyers have expressed worries that denaturalizations could be broadly used to strip citizenship, according to two lawyers who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. They cite the fact that the department can pursue denaturalization lawsuits against people who commit fraud, as it did against four people who lied about being related to become U.S. citizens. Whoa, 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 no, no, that makes sense. Fraud can be broadly defined and include smaller infractions like misstatements on the citizenship application. Fair point. Look, there's a line and I'm concerned about a slippery slope. It is fair to say that if somebody lies in their application and pretends to be related to somebody in order to get citizenship, then we can say your citizenship is void because it should have never been granted in the first place. People who are here, however, who are not citizens still have constitutional rights. So we got to be careful with this stuff, man. Look, you do not want to go down the dark path when we have these elite border agents marching through cities. No way, dude. Not a fan. I get it. It's a dangerous business and people are breaking the law. Solving these problems while protecting freedoms is always difficult. In fact, when it comes to bail reform, for instance, I think on principle, it makes the most sense. The problem is how they implemented it. And the problem now is that people overwhelmingly disagree. So I'm not going to pretend like I can assert my, my will over anyone else's. So let me, let me put it this way. When it comes to arming, tactical enforcement, denaturalizations, I will err on the side of civil rights and presumption of innocence. 
I also recognize that I am not superior morally to anybody else else. So all I can really do is vote and stand by what I believe. And then we take it to the to the to the polling station. These are tough. These are these are tough decisions. And, and it always is really, really hard to figure out how you do things right. Where do you draw the line at a protest or a riot? Where do you draw the line on naturalization and fraud and elite in, uh, tactical agents being sent to sanctuary cities? The truth is we cannot allow people to exploit our goodwill. And these these fringe leftists do it to, in cancel culture. And many illegal immigrants do it, hoping that they can just get a path of citizenship after they come in and break the law. So I'm actually in favor of law enforcement. But like I said earlier on, I think where I'm at right now is this is a growing concern for me. I, I do not want to see armed jackboot stormtroopers marching through streets. However, I recognize we have a right to enforce our laws. These are laws that, you know, uh, presented by our representatives. So for the time being, I'm going to need that hard red line. And I know exactly where it is. And this is not it. Enforcing the law and dealing with fraud and war criminals makes sense to me. But we're getting close to where that line could be. If they start going after people who are que- have questionably committed an offense or made a misstatement, then you'll see more protest from me as far as I'm concerned. But rest assured, if we see videos popping up of these elite border agents doing things in violation of constitutional rights, I'm going to be the first to be screaming about it. So let me put that on warning to the, you know, as, as far as anyone else is concerned. There's so, there, there's so much I'm willing to accept in terms of how we expand law enforcement. And I am no, no fan of an expanding state. I prefer liberty as opposed to security, 100%. If that means people exploit our system, and if that means that sometimes the guilty go free, so be it. It is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer, and I'll stand by it. We'll see how these things develop. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. That's a podcast will be up 6.30 p.m. on all platforms, and I will see you all next time.